0: All right. Hello, Redemption Tucson. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and um, it's great to gather again together this week and um, to come together and, and spend some time in God's Word and to be shaped and, and informed and transformed as we hope and trust every every week. I do want to um, give you a, uh, a heads up. If you've never heard me preach before, I have a stutter, so it'll kind of come in and out as I as I go and want to make sure that you know what that is um it's not the 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 internet you know buffering or anything like that although it could be that but um, yeah, hopefully not. So um, I'm going to ask right now, um, go before the Lord in, in prayer together. Again, um, we've chosen to do this, um, not kind of pre-recorded, but do it live just to help increase our sense of community, of coming together. Um, I know it's not you know seamless, and uh, yet um, the, the sense, again, as has been shared, that we're in this together and, and, we're, and that we can um, have some sense of community. Unity, even now, um, as we as we gather. So, with that, let's pray and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to oversee our time together. And, and I also want to say before that, um, I know there are hopefully kids involved. I know my kids, and I think even perhaps some nie- nieces and nephews and, and other folks and in, um, in homes right now that have kids. We have some different things that we've sent out to help kids engage in this time, and um, we're we're excited. And you know, hi hi kids, um, we know that you're a Part of this, um, this is a time where we're excited to all of us as a church family um, come together and, and learn from God's Word. So with that, let's, let's pray right now together. Heavenly Father, we again um, thank you that we can even call you that. I pray that as we kind of slow down and walk through um, this season where we look at the Lord's prayer more closely, we pray that especially this morning as we look at the reality of, of being able to call you Father. Would, would be significant, um, would even be shaping for those of us who, who struggle perhaps, or, um, or for some who, who, who don't know what to make of the idea of calling you God Father. Um, I, I pray that this would be helpful and um, even healing and, and, again, shaping and informative for our time. And so we ask that by your Holy Spirit, speaking through your word, you would shape our time um, and, 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 and give our hearts hope. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, w- what comes to mind for you when you think of prayer? How's your prayer life in? general what does it look like what is do do you tend to think of um you know kind of hands um eyes closed hands clasped do you think of maybe a a shawl um do you think of changing your voice i know for some in in my context growing up would get kind of a holy voice um one friend comes to mind who's normally really loud and when he prays he gets really quiet um uh, he's probably watching you know who you are and um again we we um First, some of us have different approaches and different things come to mind with prayer. Take it even a step further. What comes to mind for you when you think of the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed's not really a word we use that often, so even now, all of a sudden, like, you have to use an English accent or something, right? Hallowed, right? Like, well, what does that mean? What, what is, how does that inform us? For me, what comes to mind, um, I don't think I'd ever heard the Lord's Prayer until probably high school. Or at least I didn't know it. And then I went to high school in the South. And before any kind of sporting event, at least at that time in the late 90s, we would we would say the Lord's Prayer. And it would go from, you know, the coach would go from dropping F-bombs, cussing, yelling, we're out there, you know, talking about, you know, Tearing up the other team, and then all of a sudden, all right, everyone, let's you know take our hats off, take a knee, and go through this prayer, like say the Lord's prayer together. And it and it seemed more like a routine, maybe a good luck charm, um, something like that. So I even as as a Christian and other friends would almost treat as oh, I don't say the Lord's prayer, I do real prayers. And that would be kind of an approach maybe. So it would either be something you don't do because it was too religious and even fake, or on the flip side, some would just do because it was kind of a routine or a good luck charm. So what is the Lord's Prayer? Well, it's actually the exact opposite of everything I just said. The Lord's Prayer is Jesus teaching his followers, really simple people, how to pray. In fact, at the very beginning and um, right before what we just read in M- Matthew chapter six, verses seven through eight, um, this is how Jesus sets it all up. He says this, he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him pray then like this. So he, he's shaping what it looks like to pray. It's not heaping up empty phrases. It's not a good luck charm. It's not something, in fact, what he's doing is he's giving like a form or like an architectural structure for us to learn how to pray consistently. And he starts by saying, our father. I don't know, again, where some of us come from when we hear Father. Maybe we have broken homes. We have different ideas that come to mind with Father. And and the idea of, of approaching God as Father is either irreverent or just difficult, painful, confusing. And yet for Jesus, what he's doing by saying our Father and inviting his followers into his relationship with God the Father and, and so w- what we'll see in our time here is that, is that beginning our prayers by saying our Father is informing what we're asking, what we're saying, what we're praying in light of who God is, right? He doesn't start with, please give me this, please give me that. Or he doesn't start with, woe is me, I've done all this horrible stuff, I'm the worst. I'm... No, he starts with declaring who God is. And he begins with, again, saying, Father, So what we'll see in this time is that our prayers being shaped by God's character is this, that God, the Father, is a God who provides, He loves, and He delights. And so we're going to walk through some different things where we understand where, again, imagine what it's like for you and me. When we're praying to God, the Father, we're getting to have the same access, the same relationship that Jesus, God, the Son Has with his heavenly Father, and so we see that God the Father provides. Um, Jesus uses this term Father; it's really endearing, right? Some of you may have 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 heard this term. Um, It's actually translated as Abba, which means Daddy. Now, true confession, that's hard for me. I don't usually use that word in everyday life. I don't call a lot of people the Daddy. Um, for some of you, maybe you, you work with your hands you're a construction worker, you think of like, I don't know. It's kind of weird for me. I don't use that kind of language. It sounds childish. Um, well, Jesus was a 30 year old construction worker, c- carpenter, and yet he used this term. And so something I do want to kind of break down is it's a familiar, endearing, loving term, but it's not childish. Okay. It's not g- daddy, like we think of in our context. It's, it's more of um, a, a term of endearment that only someone close in proximity and relational trust and love would actually use this term. Okay, so it would be more like, um, I know one of my brothers calls my dad's po- my dad p- p- pops. He says, you know, hey pops. Um, it, it would be something like that, an endearing term that would move you toward that, that again kind of breaks down walls. And so when he prays this, and then he, he, he encourages his followers in the same um, Sermon on the Mount in, over in chapter 7, he reminds, listen, your God is good. He's a God who provides. So when you approach him, do so in light of the fact that he is a father who generously provides. He says this in, um, over in chapter 7, verses 9. Uh, yeah, in v- verse 9 there, he says this. He says, which one of you... If his son asks him for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Okay, again, let me ask, what does it look like to approach the father in light of who he actually is? He has a good character. He's kind. Any of us who are fathers or parents or grandparents or, or, or get to look after someone else, we think of, yeah, I, if someone, that's just, I actually think that's kind of funny to think of how cruel that would be, right? If someone asked you for a fish and you gave him a snake, like that's, that's cruel. And yet sometimes we view God that way. Um, uh, author Paul Tripp and also um, A.W. Tozer both talk often about what happens is we have a wrong view of God and a wrong view of self. And throughout all of life, we constantly need to evaluate and question. And I think through the help of the Holy Spirit, ask, where is my view of God askew? Where is it wrong? Where is it off? Where is my view of myself wrong? Going all the way back to the very beginning when sin entered into the world. In Genesis chapter 3, it was a wrong view of God. And then from there, man and woman had a wrong view of themselves. They were ashamed. They didn't see each other. They didn't see themselves. And that plays out today, right? We don't see God, right? We're unreconciled to him. We don't see ourselves accurately. We don't see our neighbors accurately. And so Jesus is reshaping our understanding. No, approach God as father. He is a good God who provides for his children, And then he's also the father who loves, okay? The father provides and the father loves. As we talked about a few weeks ago in our sermon series, Countercultural Convictions, which let me just say for a minute, we are gonna pick that back up, okay? And the coming weeks, um, sometime after we're all gathered all back together, we will get back into countercultural convictions, but we started out with love and that's an appropriate or necessary place to be to understand God is to first understand he is love. Okay, it's part of his ontology, his, his nature, his makeup. God is love. In First John chapter 4, um, verse 8, it says God is love. And then we get an even kind of closer understanding of that in what's known as the high priestly prayer. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. And, and he says in verse 24, Father... You loved me before the creation of the world. Before God is creator, judge, um, redeemer, he is a father who loves, who loves his son. And so as we get invited into this Lord's prayers, Jesus says, pray then like this. Join me in saying our father in heaven to hear me. This is massively significant. Jesus is inviting you and me into his relationship with the father, which has always been and will always be one of love. God is a loving father. And then we also see that he's a father who delights. Most pointedly, he delights over his son. Again, let me just ask you, what, what is your view of God? Do you see God is delighting over you? Do you see him as rejecting you? What, let's just be honest here and evaluate in your own heart, who is God? Who is he as father? And how does he view you? How does he relate with you? Well, in order to understand this, we first need to see how he views his son, Jesus. Again, he delights. Okay, look. Um, with me back in, in, in Matthew chapter three, right as Jesus is kind of coming on the scene in, um, in verse, in verse, um, in verse 16, Jesus is being boom baptized. And, and what happens right when he's baptized, he comes out of the water and we see an affirmation of who Jesus is and, and coming from the father, it says this, and, and um, again, Matthew chapter three, verse 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And then verse 17, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is God, the father speaking, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. I would say every child longs to hear from their parent: I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm I'm so thankful. I'm delighted that I get to be your parent. That's the relationship that Jesus, God the Son, has from eternity past. Okay, that's hard to even wrap our minds around. That's the relationship that Jesus has with the Father. It's one of absolute delight. The Father delights in His Son. He is well pleased in Him. And yet, the reality is, because of sin, we have turned away from God though we are created to reflect him, to have our identity and our purpose fully found in him, in a relationship with him, we've said thanks, but no thanks, God. We've, 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 we've turned and we've said, I, I want it my way. I want to figure out my identity, my, my purpose, um, who I am apart from you. And yet the reality is Jesus being the son who is delighted in, who is loved, who in whom the Father is well pleased, He chose to become rejected, so that you can be reconciled. And look in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, it says this: About the ninth hour, this is as Jesus is hanging on the cross, He cried out with a loud voice, "Eli, Eli, lema sabak tani?" That is, "My God." My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus chose to be rejected by the Father so that you and I can be accepted. Okay, as as children, because of Jesus, through faith in him, if you are found in him, if you have given your, your life to him, you've responded to his call, you're, you're no longer just dismissed. And and you're not even just like, well, fine, I accept you, but that's it. No, you're delighted in. The the father now sees you, delights over you, loves you, is well pleased in you in the same way that he is in the son. And look, we see this um, kind of explained more clearly in Galatians chapter 4. Verses four through seven, it says this, explaining what it means to now be a child of God, to now be able to approach God as father, to pray, to live, to understand, to, to see yourself as a delighted in child of God. It says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. There's again that intimate personal name, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Now, let me explain that because we might hear son. It's not good enough to just say sons and Okay, that is true. We are talking about men and women, children of God, but intentionally this word is used there of son because, and even that next word of heir, because it's meaning firstborn son. In this culture, at that time in the Near East, it's this understanding of all the rights, all the privileges of being the the heir, the heir to the throne, the oldest son, the firstborn son that would have all the rights, all the privileges through Christ You, man or woman, son or daughter, child of God, delighted in, adopted. Again, I mentioned Paul Tripp earlier. And as we close, I want to help us settle into this reality. And let me just turn it back on, on you to consider how do you usually approach God? What does prayer look like for you? When you say, Father, Dad, Daddy. Abba, is it in, in, in order to shape and reshape and transform your understanding of who God is and what it means to go before him as a good father. This is what Paul Tripp says. Abba, father, you will find this phrase to be a stronghold in the day of trial, to plead your adoption. You have no rights as a subject. You have forfeited them by your treason. Again, that's sin. But nothing can forfeit a child's rights to a father's protection. Be not afraid to say, Father, hear my cry. In this season, this trial, what does it look like for you and I to trust the reality, the fact that if you have trusted Christ, if you have put your faith in him, if you are found in Christ, you get to go to God with the full rights and privileges as his child. The same way that Jesus approaches the father, you and I get to approach the father. So again, what would it look like even this week? In fact, this day to approach God in this way. Um, Church, we're praying that this would be a season where we grow in prayer. Where we have more time, we're kind of forced to slow down. We're forced to, to different relationships and dynamics with each other. Again, we have a, 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 an intentional time of prayer every Wednesday coming up that we want to invite you into and to be a part of in different smaller groups or within our homes. And specifically, what does it look like for us to pray as children of God? Not rejected, but accepted. Accepted. Because Jesus was rejected, you and I can be redeemed, reconciled, adopted, children of God. So let's come before God this week, or even this day, even right now, as we are about to transition to a time of communion, to approach God the Father as a good God who provides, who loves, who delights in his children because of the person and work of Jesus. Let's pray together. father i pray that asking these things of you saying these things to you right now are are a bit different than even they were 20 minutes ago the getting to call you father is so different than what we normally operate in you don't just dismiss it you're not ignoring us you're not turning your back you're not we're not bugging you you delight Because of the work of Jesus, we get to run to you. Lord, you're a good father who gives good gifts to his children. You don't give us a stone when we ask for bread. You don't give us a snake when we ask for fish. You provide. And so, Lord, I pray that our time of response right now would be shaped by your character, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.